0: Welcome to Research Uncensored, a podcast by Research FDI, your trusted investment attraction and business intelligence partner. Join me, Bruce Takafman, and my co-host, Amber Hunter, as we bring you behind the scenes with economic development professionals around the world.
1: We're going to find out the real stories behind the project wins and get to know some of the top players in the game today. We would like to thank the Next Move Group for sponsoring today's podcast. Next Move Group helps small to medium-sized companies, communities, and organizations create economic growth through executive searches that assist economic development organizations with hiring quality EDO professionals. They also provide site selection services to manufacturers, in addition to a suite of products designed to help organizations be successful.
0: Welcome to another episode of Research Uncensored, joined as always by my co-host, Amber Hunter.
1: Hi, Bruce. How are you today?
0: celebrating the canadian women's soccer team won a gold medal today
1: i know what a great day and i'm, I'm so happy that it's going to shine such a great light on all the women athletes particularly in soccer in canada i think you know they're due for some of that media attention so i'm really happy for them
0: yeah what an upset they uh, they beat sweden and before that they uh, defeated the uh, u.s um, women's uh, team which was a huge upset
1: Yeah. And what a game. Really riveting right at the end there. Um, You know, for some reason, I was a little bit hesitant about the Olympics 2020. Kind of. It seemed, you know, it was sort of cursed, if you could, if you will. Uh, But it's turned out to be really fun to watch. And, you know, we had a hard year. The Habs still processing that heartbreak. You know, me personally, the England loss, that was hard. But now I'm getting some wins in Tokyo. So thank you, the Olympics, for finally (laughs) some of our players are finally winning.
0: So if you were ever, ever in the Olympics, what sport do you think you would have been uh, an athlete in?
1: Well, I probably would have been the water girl. But uh, the only kind <laughs> of sport I did, you know, when I was in high school was track and field. But it wasn't really, I mean, when I s- talked to some of my American clients, you know, the track teams and all that at their schools, it seems so intense. And, and and so, you know, there's such a microscope, whereas in my school, it was kind of like, hey, you're 30 minutes, tucker yourself out. <laughs> so. So that was my my one for it. I was more of a political, uh, uh, the council student. That was me. I was secretary of the high school. So that was kind of my thing. What about you?
0: You look at some of these softball athletes. Like I, I play in my rec league. I'm batting 145 in slow pitch. I can't imagine being the in the Olympics for softball. There's crazy athletes and the, the pitch, the speeds of uh, the pitching is so fast. So kudos to these athletes. And Canadian women are making us proud in Tokyo. The men, not so much, but the women uh, getting it done this year. So we're proud of them.
1: Yeah, this is their year. Well, without further ado, you know, we have a great guest here who hails all the way from Oakland County, Michigan, and he's got a lot to say about the county as well as the state. And mostly he wants to talk about how Michigan, you know, attracts foreign direct investment. So I'm really interested. I think you should all stay tuned. He gives a lot of the tricks of the trades, a lot of his sort of secret sauce, as he says, about how to, you know, garner these prospects. So um, I think this is a great listen for uh, our audience. And so let's dial him in.
0: All right, let's welcome our next guest, all the way from the great state of Michigan, Mark Adams. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing fantastic.
2: I'm glad that you can join us here in the great state of Michigan. And uh, I'm right here in Oakland County, which is about 20 minutes north of Detroit.
0: All right, Oakland County is where you are now. But tell our listeners how you got started in economic development. Well, I got started... When I was selling computers,
2: and I had a couple of corporate accounts, and one of my corporate accounts was the city of Detroit, and the director of the engineering department for the city of Detroit came in to purchase a number of computers from me, and he liked the presentation that I gave, and he said, hey, we need you in the city of Detroit, and I think you need to get involved in economic development, and
0: the rest is history. All right. The rest is history. So uh, tell the listeners some of the most memorable successes and moments you've had uh, in your economic development career so far. Well, I've
2: been involved in economic development for about uh, 30 years now. And one of my major uh, successes, and it's always a, a, a team effort, and I like to say that because it's really true, Nobody can do it by themselves, especially in the field of economic development. Our local community is fantastic, and the state of Michigan is fantastic. So it's a team approach, but sometimes, you know, I'm leading the project, or the local person is, or the state is. But with this particular project, LG Chem, um, I led the project. And uh, a subsidiary of LG Chem was Compact Power. And Compact Power was looking to back in, I think, about 2010, 2011, established a base here in the United States for their battery operation. And basically, uh, I started out with one person with compact power, and we developed a game plan that he presented to his leadership back in South Korea. And we developed the technical center over in Troy, Michigan. And from there, a plant was uh, built in Holland, Michigan and sort of the rest is history now because compact power was basically just uh, absorbed into LG Chem and now with the electrification of of vehicles they're going strong and I think recently it was announced a $4.5 billion joint venture with General Motors and some of the other um, automotive firms to uh, develop that uh, battery for the electric vehicle. So really it was sort of fortuitous that uh, we started that operation with one person and to see it grow not only in uh, Michigan and Oakland County but really throughout the United States is something that I'm very uh, uh, proud of because I pulled together the state of Michigan, our local economic development person, I had a consultant from Duff and Phelps, uh, Greg Burkhart, join me. And basically, we had to develop a business case that uh, their leadership had to take back to South Korea to present to them to convince them that it made sense to start this operation uh, here in Michigan.
1: Thank you, Mark. What a great story. And it's also a really good example of, you know, sort of the regional partnerships that come together for, you know, communities to have, you know, successes of, at that level. Um, you know, I, th- I wanted to ask you because you and I, we met during Select USA, So my question is kind of fitting. Um, can you speak to some of the strategies that the state of Michigan and, you know, specifically Oakland County utilize in order to attract foreign direct investment?
2: I think we always look within first. And when I say that, we have a number of foreign firms within Oakland County that we work with. And what we have found out is that a lot of times the uh, leadership of the local operation is competing against other uh, leaders throughout the United States or really throughout the world for certain product lines that come in. And usually the one that presents the best business case to their corporate leadership um, in their home country usually wins out. So we partner with our local executives a lot to make sure we don't miss out on those uh, opportunities and put together a a good plan. So when they're going to present, they're competitive with their uh, colleagues and we win more than we lose here um, in the state of Michigan and Oakland County. So that's one of the uh, ways that we uh, attract uh, more foreign investment into Oakland County. And also we do extensive traveling in Oakland County and the state of Michigan. We, we go to Europe, we go to, uh, go to Asia, we go to the Middle East, and we talk about the opportunities here in Michigan and the type of business clusters uh, that, that we have and our quality uh, of life. And when we call on those corporate headquarters, we let them know that we appreciate their investment in in our community. Uh, So we do a lot of that and and it pays benefits, you know, maybe not right away. But later on, I think those entities realize we appreciate the investment and we're building the type of infrastructure that they need in order to be successful uh, with, with their clients. We also work a lot with what we call multipliers. So, a lot of the accountants, the attorneys, the realtors, the site consultants, they have clients that are looking maybe throughout the Midwest and maybe Michigan wasn't on the radar, but we have a story to tell. So, we work with them and let them know that here are the opportunities in Michigan. Here are uh, the greenfield sites. Here are the spec buildings we have. Here are the industry clusters we have. You know, here is the businesses that your clients are working with right now. They're located right here in Michigan, so it makes sense for them to set up some type of operation here in Michigan. So basically, we use those three avenues and some advertising um, uh, to work to maintain our foreign firms and to attract more foreign firms um, into the the state of Michigan and our region.
1: Excellent. Seems like you have you know, FDI strategy really in place. I'm curious, are there any particular FDI wins that you played a part of, or that are kind of close to your heart that you'd like to talk about?
2: Well, I talked a little bit about uh, LG Chem. That was uh, a a very big win for me, but I would have to say probably number two would be Borg Warner. I had the opportunity to team up with uh, a site consultant in the state of Michigan and our local community in, in Auburn Hills. And they were looking to uh, move their headquarters from Michigan Avenue and Monroe in Chicago. They were either looking at Ohio and I think uh, um, Indiana and Michigan. They wanted to move it from Chicago because a lot of times their leadership would be over in Europe or Asia. And they would say, hey, when you... um, come to the United States, stop into Chicago, and he never would. And I think what made the big difference for uh, Michigan to get that headquarters from Chicago, which isn't that far away, it's less than five hours, was the fact that they've always had to stop into Detroit. And so that gave us an advantage, and we and we used that, and we, and we knew that. So I was able to talk to their corporate leadership, come up with a package to, you know, maybe to lower their costs on their move and also uh, put together uh, some some marketing folks to go over to Chicago to make sure that they retained as many of their corporate folks and talented workforce as they could because the move from downtown Chicago to Auburn Hills is, is, is a big difference from that urban environment to more of a suburban environment. But that worked out great. That was a big win for us. Now we have their corporate headquarters here, Borg Warner, and we also uh, have uh, their uh, technical center here. Now Borg Warner isn't a foreign firm, but you know, you asked me about some of my big wins, and I think that was a tremendous win for uh, the state of Michigan.
1: Very interesting. So. I mean, I hasten to ask, but we have to ask all our guests. And, you know, we've seen that FDI definitely took a massive plummet last year. And I'm curious to know if you think that in the next couple of years there's going to be any kind of direct repercussions on the state of Michigan or the U.S. or if not.
2: Well, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think um, in the uh, short term, um, it is going to be uh, very, very difficult right now because uh, we thought we were coming out of the pandemic, but it seems like the pandemic had a different idea. And I think the issue is, is that if you can't travel to a, a foreign country or you, you have to get uh, certain types of uh, 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 vaccines in order to travel or maybe you don't want to, That's going to sort of put a pause on some of that face-to-face that you need when you're making a a, a big decision uh, to move into a community. And if you can't even uh, fly in, and then if you're blocked, that's going to hurt. Also, the supply chain issues of not getting the the type of parts that you need in, that's going to hurt uh, also. We're seeing a lot with the chip shortage right now, and how that's affecting uh, vehicle production. But on the other side of the coin, I think that what it has taught us is that um, you need to have an operation in the community or state that you're doing business in. So I think companies saw that and I think it's been a lot of activity over the past four or five months to establish some type of base here. So If something happens again, you're better prepared to uh, uh, react to it. So we're seeing some of that right now. So right now we're fairly busy with companies trying to expand, set up maybe some type of manufacturing operation, some type of distribution center so uh, they're not uh, hurt like they were um, when the pandemic first hit.
0: Excellent. Now, um, as you may know, uh, Canada is planning to reopen its borders to uh, U.S. travelers starting on August 9th. And you talked about some of your travels before to Europe and the Middle East. Uh, What are your thoughts on the gradual return to international travel? Uh, Do you think it will only take place uh, when a project is hot and heavy? Or do you think uh, you'll adapt to some of the travel realities? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I
2: think we're adapting to the travel realities uh, right now. And it's sort of a, a moving target and evolving i think for uh projects to where we really have to be somewhere i think we're going to find a way somehow to do that because i know it's certain exceptions that come from the federal government when you're 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 talking about making sure uh it's an important product that either your country needs or the world needs so i think it's going to be some exceptions that way where you're going to be able to do that but i think uh How we've been operating virtually, I think that's here to stay. I think if you have an opportunity where you don't have to travel, where you can meet with somebody uh, virtually, um, I think that just expedited that type of technology. And I'm sure it's going to continue um, to evolve. So I think you're going to see really a a combination of of both. But I'm a firm believer in um, that meeting face to face looking somebody in the eye, shaking their hands, getting to know them, them getting to know you, building that confidence um, as the relationship grows. And that's very difficult to do uh, virtually. So, you know, I'm hoping like everybody else that somehow we get our arms around this pandemic and um, it slowly goes away. But I think, again, you know, based upon technology, based upon um, the evolution of this pandemic and what do you need in order to be successful? I think it's going to be both travel and working virtually.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think we're definitely headed to a hybrid model. You know, in order to you know recruit a company, you know, it's it's best to see their facility. You got to feel uh, for their corporate culture, feel for what they might need if they do expand to your region. So I agree with you. I think we're headed more towards a hybrid model, especially uh, you will save costs on all the travel, especially with some of those first meetings you may have. Now, you've been in the profession for a couple of decades now. Um, do you have any advice for new economic developers that are being tasked with jumping in headfirst when it comes to building a pipeline of prospects to attract FDI?
2: I always tell the younger uh, professionals that are coming into the economic development field One of the key things that you really have to know, that's your community. You can't be all things to uh, everybody. I think your state, your community has certain niches, and I think you have to build upon that. And you have to know what that is and then go after uh, industry sectors that really matches your talent base Uh, that you have in your community. Also, as a young professional coming in, I think it's very important for you to uh, exude confidence. And when I say exude confidence, that means you're sure of the programs you have to assist firms when you you get a good understanding that they need a, a lower cost the first couple of years, and you're competing against other states or other countries you have to know the price of your real estate. You have to know your building inventory. You have to know your greenfield sites. You have to know your square footage price. You have to know those types of things. You have to know what type of assistance programs will work uh, for uh, the, the people that you're trying to uh, attract in. And if you're able to answer those types of questions without stuttering, I think that uh, builds confidence and very important for uh, the young professional. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of young professionals come in that were unprepared. And really, that doesn't make uh, a great first impression uh, to the client when they feel that they're dealing with somebody that isn't prepared to assist them. And, you know, a lot of times when you're making these uh, types of decisions uh, as, as a corporate person, your job could depend on it. So it's a very, very, very important for you to know uh, what your community uh, is and what industries match uh, the strengths of your uh, community. So those are some of the things that I try to make sure some of the younger folks realize. And it's very important with foreign firms. Also, the culture can be different too. So Do a little studying on what uh, their culture is, because, you know, certain terms that we use may be offensive. Uh, Even the way you uh, hand a card to uh, an Asian uh, uh, firm can show that, well, you know, this person has been really, really uh, taking a look at uh, the culture and how we do business. So it can be something that's uh, as simple as that. But I think the main point is that be prepared, being prepared. Uh, speaks uh, volumes because I always tell the young folks coming into this profession, hey, economic development uh, is a varsity sport. We're, we're, we're competing and the state or the country or the local community that's most prepared are the ones that are going to win. So uh, I make sure that they realize that you, know, you are in a competitive situation and being prepared is going to lead to success.
1: Thank you, Mark, for that invaluable advice. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are sort of new or young adults in the economic development profession. So we love to get a question in there because uh, it's, uh, you know, the, the seasoned and storied careers like yourself that really have the most impact. Um, I'd love for you to share with our listeners how they could reach you or if they wanted to learn more about Oakland County, um, how can they get in touch?
2: They can contact me by way of my email at Adams, A-D-A-M-S-M at O-A-K-G-O-V dot com. That's Adams M at Oakgov.com. They can call me on my cell. My, my cell is 248-821-8625. And they can find out the latest and greatest things going on in Oakland County at uh, Advantage Oakland, um, uh, dot .com that's that's the website that 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 uh, will speak to economic development in Oakland County. Hey, we're a great county. We have uh, over 1.2 million people. We have 16,000 lakefront homes. We have more holes per individual for golf of a county over a million than anywhere in the United States. Those those are some fun facts. I, I, you know, quality of life is very important what we
0: do also that lake house sounds good to me. Well, Mark, we appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your busy day to join us and all the best for the rest of the summer. Thank yeah,
1: you, thank you so much. Mark. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you all for tuning in. You can find us on the web at www.researchfdi.com on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Research Tune in next week as we have another guest from the economic development world.